going to start at verse 28. And so I'm going to set it up for you again, for those of you that weren't here last week. And that is that Jesus was talking with the woman at the well, and he tells her that the, um, the fact that she is looking for physical water, Jesus asked her for a drink. He's like, how are you, a Jew, asking me, a Samaritan woman, for a drink of water? Don't you know you guys have no dealings with us? So this discourse happens, and all of a sudden, he says to her, this water that you're looking for is me. I am he, and you, I'll give you water that you'll never thirst again. Do you know that the world is looking for living water? They're looking for, they are thirsty. They're thirsty and they're looking for living water. And Jesus is saying that I am the, I'm the water that you're looking for. And so he tells her this. He reveals himself to her. And then this is where we pick up at verse 28. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men. And see, that's so funny. So this whole deal, I mean, there's so many things in here because she's talking to the men. They ain't even supposed to be talking. That they, men were less, I mean, women were less on the, on the totem pole in, that, in those days. They weren't even supposed to be talking to men, and they were, they were less. So Jesus breaks two barriers in this whole discourse. He breaks the barrier of racism, and he breaks the barrier of genderism, of the gender issues that are going on right here because when he's supposed to be talking to a woman, he does, and then he reveals himself to her as the living water, and she drops her water pots, and then she said in verse 29, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, all this happening in a matter of minutes, the disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. And I want to, I'm going I'm to go come back to that uh, because I want to show you something in this passage and also in the next passage that we're about to read. Uh, verse 33, therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Somebody must have. And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, another version says this, you have a saying, which means that this is what you guys think because you say this all the time. There are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Would you say that with me? Lift up your eyes. Say it like you mean it. Lift up your eyes. That's what it says. And look at the fields. Look at them, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. Both that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Now, this is what I wanted to see, because to lift up your eyes has to do with your eyes looking. I'm not talking about just your physical eyes, but you need to use them too, but also your spiritual eyes to see that the harvest is ripe, right there ready for us. It's right in front of us. It's, it's white under harvest. The fields are already. So this whole um, series is preparing for harvest, but we know the fields are ripe, but this, this series is about preparing you for harvest, getting you ready to bring people in out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So you can lift up your eyes. You can see what God is saying about the harvest. Amen? Now here, I, I need glasses. I'm, I just need them. I, I've been sometimes when I'm reading, I'm skipping over words or whatever because I can't see. And so I went actually to, Vanessa knows I need glasses, but I've been, I've been putting it off just because I, you know, I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a cool pair of glasses that I, that I would look good in. So, I mean, I'm just worried about what, you know, whatever. But I need to go get glasses. So I went to the optometrist. I went to the eye doctor. And the eye doctor, I took the test. And the eye doctor said to me, he goes, you're nearsighted. I go, no, 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 no. I'm not nearsighted. I can see the stuff that's in front of me. It's the stuff out there I can't see. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not nearsighted. It's the, I'm, I'm, I'm farsighted. And so I'm like, no, I, I know what's wrong with me. I can see a freckle on a gnat. 
in front of me, you know, the close to me, is the stuff out there that I can't see. He goes, yes, you're nearsighted. I go, no, 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 you don't, you don't get it. Isn't that, isn't that hilarious how we try to tell God? I try to do that sometimes. I try to tell God, God, no, I'm telling you, I know what's going on. I know, I, you, you, it's the stuff, you know, that's around me. But she's like, that's what they call it. Isn't it funny how the, the opposite is true? Uh, is that you were saying you're nearsighted because that is. And the word nearsighted actually means that you're looking at the things that are close to you only. And then like the church sometimes where we're just focused on the stuff that's just right, right here. And God is saying, if you would lift up your eyes, you can see so many other things that I want to show you. And so I, I, I definitely need glasses. I got to have them. So I lift up. I'm, so he just said, she's trying to get me a pair of glasses. When my, when my grandmother was, uh, she would say to me sometimes, she'd be like, Chris. I was like, yes, ma'am. She said, would you bring me my readers? And I, I knew what she was talking about. She had a draw. And I say, she's my grandma. She is my grandma, but I call her Big Mama. Y'all don't know nothing about that. We call her Big Mama. Um, I actually told Vanessa, I said, when we have grandkids, do you want to be called? She goes, no. <laughs> call me Big Mama. You want a big lip? Call me Big Mama. You know what I'm saying? And so that's out of the question. If your kids are listening, don't, 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 don't do that. Um, but she's Big Mama say, hey, bring me my readers. And so I'd open a drawer, and there'd be like 100 readers in this drawer, just like a drawer full of readers. You know what I'm saying? You, you know what I'm talking about? Like, Grandma, which one? She goes, just give me any pair. Like, whatever did she? And here's what she told me. She goes, I'd, I'd go to a place, and I would need a pair of readers, and I just forget mine at home, so i just buy a new pair. And then I just go, I forget them, and then I buy a new pair. And so now you have a drawer full of readers. <laughs> That's what happened, what happened with her. And so here's what I'm telling you. He's like, why are you telling me that story? Here's what I'm saying to you. I believe that God is changing the lens of the church and how we see people and how we see the world and how we see the people that are around us. He wants us to not be nearsighted, but he, he wants us to be farsighted. He wants us to see outside the rim, outside the four walls of the church, outside of your little four walls or outside of your comfort zone so that you can see what he wants you to see. Amen? He wants you, he wants you to look outside because we've not been outward focused. We've been inward focused. Looking at, you, you tell a person what they focus on by the things they pray. Lord, help me, bless me, show me. But like, you know what? The truth of the matter is God wants you to be outside focused as well. Do you know that? I want you to get this. I want you to understand that. He wants us to be outside focus. And so, and so the, the disciples were always missing it. And we look at, let's look at Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Acts chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 4. This is after the resurrection, after he had visited with them and spent time with them uh, all those days, and he's getting ready to, to go up and, uh, and, and the ascension. And verse 4 said this, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And so that's, that's a question. That same, think about that. They asked that uh, when he was at the well with the woman. They go, you need to eat something. And they were always focusing on the wrong thing, on this deal. He was focusing on getting something to eat. He was focusing on, on the woman at the well and the town that was coming 
to see him. And they're focusing on restoring the kingdom to Israel. And he said, no, here's what you need to focus on. You are on the need to know basis. And here's what you need to know. They go, he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You're focusing on the wrong thing. You're trying to get the kingdom restored to Israel. You're trying to go out to eat, and I'm telling you, lift up your eyes, and I'm telling you, be empowered by the Spirit of God to be witnesses, to share my truth to all that you come in contact with, to share my kingdom. You want to talk about a kingdom? I'm not restoring it to Israel. I'm I'm restoring and establishing my kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. This is what he's saying. I'm restoring I'm restoring the whole kingdom. I'm establishing. I brought my kingdom with me, and I want everyone. He's, the Bible says it is his will that none should perish. None of them should perish. His desire is that. Here's what Matthew 5, 14 says. says that we are, we are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine. Saints, brothers and sisters, let your light shine. You have a light on the inside of you. Let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to, we should teach that to the, to the, <laughs> to the kids. The reason why I'm laughing is because when we were in, ch- in church, and Vernon, you can attest to this, some of my, my black brothers and sisters, we didn't sing it like you guys sing it. Y'all would sing it. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light. Of, we didn't sing it like that. We sing it like this. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Yeah. I mean, black people hang it out there. Like, mm, 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 Come on, let's get back to the light. You know what I'm saying? We just, black people like to hang it out there. We just hang it out. We just hang it out there. Isn't that right, Vernon? We just, what we did is how we do it. You're like, just sing about the light. It's all about you. Anyway, the truth is, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works, your good works, and glorify your Father in heaven. That is the light. They want to know what is the light. What is this light that's being shown? Why is it that you have peace and we don't? Why is it that you have light and we don't? Why is it that you have joy and we don't? There's nothing to be joyful about. There's nothing to be peaceful about. Have you seen the news? Have you seen what's going on in this earth? We say we've seen that. Yes, we've seen it. We've seen, we've seen that story. There's another There's stories that that are just like it. But we've also seen a story that has to do with a Savior who came to this earth and he gave his life so that we could have life and have it more abundantly and he died on a cross and all of our sins were nailed to the tree with him and he said it is finished and the work was completed and they put him in a tomb. And just like you thinking right now that it was over, it was finished, everything was done. Satan thought he had won but all of a sudden on the third day my father, my God rose and God rose from the dead and he has all power and all authority and all dominion and all might is his. That's a better story than the story you're hearing on CNN. That's a better story than you're hearing on even Fox News. That's a better story than you're hearing in your neighborhood that my God reigns, my Redeemer lives, and he reigns on high, and there is nothing, no kingdom on this earth can, that can stop the kingdom of God from increasing. Whew, that's a story to get excited about right there. That's a story to get excited about. I can tell somebody about that story. Let your light shine. 
Let your light shine. That's what he said. So you can glorify so they can glorify your Father in heaven. Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Luke 14, 23, then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel. Another version uh, says to go out and urge them, tell them, urge them, compel them to come in that my house may be filled. How many of you know he likes a full house? He wants a full house. Now listen, I'm not just trying to fill up a church, just fill it up. I want it to be full full, full of sinners so that they can go out and be saints. It was a conversion that happens. And so he says, come, tell them, be, urge them, come in, into my house so they can be filled. Romans 10, 13, B says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God is about, you see these verses, there's so many more. God is about bringing people out of darkness and into his light. Amen? Do you see that? He don't want anybody to perish. I want you to understand that. That is where we, that's where we are. This is what God has called us to do. You have the ministry of reconciliation. You understand that? And so you can tell people about Jesus. Now, here's what I want you to understand. And my wife talks about this all the time. She goes, honey, she goes, when you're preaching, she goes, I want you to think about, because I'm going to tell you something. I go home, and some of you guys come up to me, and you guys say, Pastor Chris, that was such a good message. I'm like, oh, thank you. You guys, yeah, that was so great. But I know who to go to who's going to tell me the truth. She'll be like, that was awful. She goes, I can't tell you how many verbs you broke. I can't tell you how many. Listen, you need to change this, change that. Because I know she's going to tell me the truth. So Vanessa says to me, she goes, honey, when you, when you preach, this is what I want you to think about. People want to know practical steps on how to carry out your, the message that you gave them. So you can thank Vanessa for this message this morning or this afternoon that, that has to do with me giving you some practical steps on how to go out into the harvest. So Vanessa's, this is Vanessa, and then I collaborated with Pastor Terry to come up with this. So the three eyes, so that you remember, the three eyes of the harvest, I'm going to give you practical steps on how to do this. Because I realize this, not everybody's like me. Not everybody is, is, is I'm a, I am an extrovert. I love people. I enjoy people. I enjoy talking to people. It energizes me to get around people and talk. I can be dead dog tired and get around somebody and get energized by just talking to them. Vanessa and I, I've told you this. I go into a store. Vanessa's like, keep your hand on the cart. We're going to go in here. Keep your hand on the cart. We're going in here for one thing. Look at me. We're going in here for one thing. We're going in to get milk. If we get milk and we come out, I'm telling you, it'll be good. You understand? Like, okay. And I mean, it never fails. I'm an aisle talking to somebody. I'm talking, where is your father? Where, is, where are you? Texting me, you know, blowing. Just where are you? I just can't, I can't help it. I just tell them. So I'm an extrovert. I love talking to people. Vanessa, Vanessa's an introvert. So she's learned how to be around me. She's learned how to talk to people, but she is. And, it, and I, love, I love the fact that she's, that she's an introvert. Let me tell you the reason why I love that she's an introvert. That means that, that what energizes me is people. What energizes her is being around me. I'm just telling you right now. This is energize. <laughs> That is not true. <laughs> it is not true. She'd be like, Some, you need to go away before I kill you. You know, it's like she, she gets injured. But the truth is, is she, 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 opposites attract. That's how, that's how we are. Just we're, we're connected to each other. But the truth is, is that not everybody is, feels comfortable going out and telling people and giving their story. Not everybody's comfortable with that. You're not, and some people just be like, man, I have a hard time just talking with people. I have a hard time just being around people, you know, because people are interesting. You're laughing, but can I get an amen? amen. I, saw a, I saw a cartoon one time where it was God and the world, and 
he was, had, had, a, had these shakers in his hand, and he was, he was saying people, you know, and this, this is like a salt shaker, and he was sprinkling people on the earth. And on this hand, he had another shaker, and it said jerks. And it said, just to make it interesting. <laughs> That's what it said. Just to make it interesting, I'm going to put some jerks in the, in the earth, just, just to make it interesting. Because people are, they're, they're something else, you know? And so it's hard sometimes. You look around, but the only way that we're going to change the things that are around us is for us to understand that there are people that need to be reached. There's a reason why. I, it's amazing to me that we get upset that sinners act like sinners, right? You, we, we do that sometimes. I get amazed. It's like people are like, oh, I can't believe them. They don't know. They're fumbling around in the darkness. They don't know that, that they're, they're even lost sometimes. They don't even know. So don't get upset with them when they act like sinners. They're just the way they are. They just don't know um, that, that things are going on. So what do we do? Well, that's why we shine the light in the darkness so that they can see what is that. What is going on? How is, what are we supposed to do? And so that's why you don't need to get upset with them, but look, look at it and see it differently, that it is an opportunity for you to turn on the lights. Let's turn on the lights so you can see. Where's that light switch? Right in here. You're empowered to be able to preach and, and, and share the gospel of Jesus. So I'm going to give you three eyes of the harvest that I want you to remember. I said three, just three, so you'll remember. You'll remember this way. It's practical. Number one, first point. Number one, identify. Identify the person that you want to talk to, the person that you want to speak to. Some of you guys have ministries. Some of you guys um, have things on Facebook that you share with people. I got friends here even right now that you share things with people all the time that are helping people. Uh, and I'm just saying you can identify somebody that you need uh, to, to, to share the gospel. I'm, so I'm going to ask you this. Raise your hand if you know somebody who needs Jesus. Raise your hand. I want to raise it high. I'm identifying you right now. Identify. Okay. Put your hand down. Raise your hand if you know more than one person that need. Okay. Okay. I see you out there. This is a revival meeting. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you, sir. I see that. The, the Lord is moving. But the truth is, everybody knows somebody. So identify somebody. You just, that's the first thing. It has to do with your eyes. Open your eyes and see. Identify the person that, need, that you know needs to, to hear the gospel message of the kingdom. Um, uh, sometimes I, I'm, I don't necessarily go shopping with Vanessa because I just, for those reasons I talk to you, talk to you about. Um, and sometimes I'll, I'll go myself just because I, I may need a shirt or something. I was in Nordstrom's a few weeks ago. And, um, and you know, I just walk in there because I need a shirt. I needed a shirt. I, I, you know, I like, to, I like to look good on Sundays. I enjoy um, wearing nice clothes. And so I went in Nordstrom's and I'm stand, sitting there and all of a sudden I see this lady who is staring at me. And she's looking at me, and I'm just like, I wonder what's going on there. And so then I see that she has a badge on, you know, Nordstrom's. And so she is acting like that she is straightening up something, but she has identified me. And so you know how they are, right? <laughs> sir, sir, can I help you? Do you need something? And my response is always this. No, ma'am, I am just, just looking, just looking. She said, okay, sir. If you need anything, for if you should need anything, I'm going to be right here. You just let me know. I go, thank you. I'm just, just going to look over here. So I move over here to the shirt section that I know I can't wear because I'm too fat and I can't fit into that shirt. And all of a sudden I looked there and um, I just said, Lord, I need to drop 10 more pounds and I can fit in that shirt. It'll be just 10 more, 10 more pounds. So, Lord, pray that you would just melt it off in the name of Jesus. You know, just, and all of a sudden the lady shows up. She goes, sir, are you looking at that shirt? And I got it in my hands. 
Yes, ma'am, I'm looking at the shirt. So she goes, she goes, can I direct your attention over here to this shirt over here? She goes, this shirt looks good, would look so good on you. It's exquisite. It has your taste and oh, man. And you know what, sir? Not only does that shirt look good, but I have a pair of pants that goes with this shirt that would make you look amazing. And I'm like, really? She goes, yes, you would look so good in this shirt. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm just, I'm intrigued because she sees me in different life. She has my attention. Not only this shirt and these pants, sir, but also this belt and these shoes. Oh, wow. I can tell that you have, you have taste, sir. You really do. And she is pouring it on now because I'm like, yeah, I do have taste. I'm hungry right now, you know, you know, different taste. And so she goes, yeah, and all of a sudden, sir, and you, and the, the cologne. And so she, all of a sudden, at the end of, I, I, all I did was walk in the store. I just needed a shirt. I just went in to get a shirt. I am walking like Frankenstein with stuff to the store because I'm like, man, I'm going to look exquisite, you know. I just, I don't even use that word. I don't even use the word exquisite, but she's going to make me look like it. And so I'm going to the checkout. I'm going to get all, and so I'm just telling you right now, she identified me and she went in and she had a, she had something in mind she was not going to let me leave out of there without anything I'm telling you what you identify the fact that people need Jesus and the fact that they need to not walk out of the place that they're in without receiving who he is identify identify who that person is number two my next point is this um, okay I'm, I'm, I'm jumping I'm jumping Jesus was the best at identifying people he identified all of his disciples number two he, um, he identified Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, what you doing in that tree? Uh, get down. I'm going to your house today. He identified people. Woman at the well. The blind man. The blind man. He identified all the people he identified and went to. And he absolutely identified. So we can do that. Point two, intercede. It's the next I. Intercede. Pray for them. After you identify them, pray for them. Begin to pray for God to intervene on their behalf and for them to come to know who Jesus is. So we pray. Pray for those people that, that, are, that, that have hurt you even. Pray. The Bible says despitefully use you. Identify them and then intercede. Stand in the gap. The Bible says this, that I should look for a man. I should look for a man uh, that will stand in the gap. There is a gap between those that don't know Jesus and those uh, and, and Jesus. And so he is the one that's in the middle that we come to. There's no other way other than Jesus. He says, I am the, the way the truth, and the light. No one comes to him except, through, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So pray for them. You pray them. This is how you pray. You pray this over them. Lord, I pray that they would have an encounter with you. I pray, Lord, not that only they have an encounter with you. I pray, Lord, that whatever is going through their mind, whatever they're going through, whatever their, their situation is, I pray, Lord, that you would help me to share with them the gospel, that you would help me to share with them, Lord, some kind of way that they can come to know you. Lord, I pray that you would help them to see, Lord, that you are the only way. I'm praying, God, that every time they turn, just like I did for Biden, just like every time they turn around, that they would be hit with your presence. I pray, Lord, that there would be not many days from now that they would come to know you in such a way that you would transform their lives, God, that they would never be the same again. I pray, Lord, that you would protect them, keep them, visit them in the night. I pray, Lord, that you would surround them with your peace. Let them know that they need to know you, that there's darkness in this world. And the only way that they are going to come to know you is through your presence, through your spirit, through you, Jesus. Help me, Lord, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. with. Begin to pray over them. You can pray over them even right there on your job. Would you pray over them so that they can see who Jesus is. Amen? Amen? Identify. Intercede for them. Friday, I was at 
uh, UT Southwestern at the hospital, emergency um, hospital, and I was there to visit um, a COVID patient. They let me in. They let me all the way into the fourth floor. I was in the whole wing with the, uh, the whole wing of the COVID um, um, there, and I went to visit somebody who they were getting ready, they intubated, and um, by the way, thank you, church, for praying for him. Uh, he is 50% improved. His oxygen is improved 50%, and so we're going to see, we believe that he's going to be healed. He's going to come out of that hospital, but I went to go pray for them, but it was a crazy sight, because as I walked into UT Southwestern and I go up to the COVID floor, it is crazy. There's nurses running in and out, and I was there for an hour, and I didn't know this, but they were running, the nurses were running in and out, because the guy I went to see had an emergency situation, where they had to intubate him right then and there. He was going downhill, the nurses running in and out. I'm telling you, it was a flood of activity. And they let, I can't believe they let me in, but they let me in. I'm on the floor, and all of a sudden I see um, um, the nurses going, this bag is full. Somebody needs to do this. I, mean, I need a, the IV. I need an IV. And that's, that's how it is as I'm praying for this guy. So I walk out, and I see the supervisor of the floor. Her name is Blair. And I said, Blair, I said, thank you for letting me go in. She goes, yes, sir, Pastor Chris. She goes, thank you for coming and praying. I said, I said, Blair, what, how can I pray for you? She goes, we are all tired. There's people quitting. There's people leaving that are, that are, you know, that are, there's protocols and certain things that are going on. So they're not, we're short staff, we're shorthanded. And she goes, I, we just, we're just, we just need help. And she goes, I go, Blair, you look tired. She goes, I am so tired. She goes, I, there's, this place is crazy. I said, can I pray for you? She goes, please do. So I reached my hand out. She reached her hand out and I just prayed for her right there, right there in the hallway. And I just prayed for her. And as I'm praying for her, she, she falls and leans on the door, the wall next to her as I'm praying for her. She's that tired. She's tired, but I believe she's, She's just experiencing the presence of God because I believe if I can get my hands on you, if I can get my hands on you, if I can just get, I, did, I remember Pastor Terry telling about a lady, Miss Dowdy, or that was her name, uh, that she was like, if I can, if I'm gonna pray for you, if I can just get my hands on you, you'll be changed. You'll be, you'll be. I'm just like, if I can get my hands on you, so I put my hands on her, I just grabbed her hand. I believe, I'm believing electricity is coming out of me and into her because I'm believing that she's being changed and transformed by the peace of God, the power of God, the presence of God that's on the inside of me. I believe that, so I'm praying for her. And then she said, thank you so much. So I go downstairs, and as the elevator doors open, there's a nurse laying on the, on the window. Her mask is half off, and she's asleep because she's so tired. And I'm telling you, the world needs prayer, interceding for those people, praying for them. That's what God's called us to do. Amen? So identify them, pray for them, and the last I is to invite. Invite them. Invite them to church, invite them into a relationship with Jesus. That's practical, practical ways. Initiate, and another I is to initiate a conversation with them. Just share, come share. Just initiate a conversation with them, share. Everybody here has a story. Do you know that? You believe that? Somebody's like, well, my testimony ain't as big as your testimony. You don't, listen, the lady, that's what I love about the lady at the well. She, she, she was just newly, just newly found Jesus, and she didn't even necessarily believe, because she goes, could this be the Christ? And then she goes, so not only that, she, she's, she's, her story is so inconsistent. She don't necessarily know, but she just said, come see a man that told me everything I've ever done. That is not the way that I would tell somebody, hey, you guys got to come see this, this guy. He told me everything that I ever did, all my husbands that I've been with, all the things that I've ever done bad. And I'm like, yeah, no, thank you. I'm not going to go see this guy. It's not, that's, yeah, no, I'm good. You know, there's stuff that's going to the grave with me, you know. I'm not going to just tell my stuff all over the place. not going to do that. And so she, but she runs out and she tells it. Every, everybody has a story. You have a story. Amen. 
This problem is telling that story. Invite. Invite them. You can invite them to church. If you don't want to tell your story, at least invite them to church. But everybody has a story that, that, that needs to be told, and you can tell that story. That's why I love the blind man that Jesus healed. Can you imagine that? He's blind, and all of a sudden, he can't see anything. And all of a sudden, you hear, you know what I'm saying? And there's Jesus. That's not the best thing you want to hear. You get, he's, you know, he's hawking a loogie, and all of a sudden... He get making clay, and all of a sudden he's, you know, like, what's he gonna do? You know, I've seen, I've heard people do that in church when I was a kid. I'm like, what are they gonna do with that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what now? Is Jesus gonna, Jesus gonna evaporate? I mean, what are you gonna do with that? You know? And all of a sudden you swallow that. <clears throat> anyway, the truth is, is that Jesus made clay, and all of a sudden the guy gets healed, and then they go to him and they say, okay. Tell me what happened to you. I'm telling you, this guy, he, all, he doesn't know anything. He ain't, he's not a disciple. He, not, we, he don't even know, he doesn't even know Jesus. All he knows is this. His, all, all the people gather around him. All of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, all of them gather around. They go, you tell us what happened to you. And they go, oh, we're listening. He goes, okay, you ready for this? He goes, they, they go, yes. <clears throat> Are you ready? Yes, we're ready. Tell us what happened to you. He goes, <clears throat> I was blind, but now I see. They go, we know that, we know that. But tell us what happened to you. He goes, I was blind, but now I see. They go, we all know that, but what happened to you? I, me, was blind, and now I see. And I'm telling you what, that's all you need to say. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was in a place of destitution. I was, I was oppressed. I was, I was all, all these things, but all of a sudden, I was headed in a different direction, and I busted a Yui when I saw Jesus. I didn't even put a signal on or nothing. I just busted a Yui, and all of a sudden, I am saved. I'm different because you think you don't have a story, but I'll tell you this. God will take your mess and turn it into a message. He will take your, your chaos moment and turn it into a kairos moment he will take your turmoil and turn it into fresh oil that's the god he will take your ashes and turn it into beauty he'll take your heaviness your spirit of heaviness and he'll give you a garment of praise and he will change and turn your life around i don't care what you have done where you've been what kind of problems you've had what kind of things even you're thinking in your mind that you can't do god can turn your situation around i was lost filled with sin no way to heaven i was born in sin deserved death hell and destruction everybody has the same story you know I, and and then all of a sudden i met jesus and he turned my life around and now i'm saved i'm changed i'm delivered and that's what god has called us to do everybody has a story amen do you believe that? First eye is to identify. Second eye, intercede. Third eye, invite. Invite somebody into a relationship with Jesus. Invite somebody into, just invite them to church. October, we got a great lineup. We got James Robinson going to be here, Mark Rutland. They're all going to tell their story. David Harris Jr., I'm going to speak. You know, you probably be like, don't go when he goes. But the rest of the guys are good. Go, bring them to church. And we, you, you catch them, we'll clean them. You just bring them. Amen? 
It's, it really is easy. And I wanted to give you some practical steps so that you can do this. I got a video I want you to see. It's this easy. This is a video I want you to see. I didn't get a chance to show it first service, but here it is. Tough day on the back nine for Joe McElvaney. If he does not sink this putt, he will not move on to Sunday tournament play. However, losing today may not be the worst thing for Joe, considering his love of the game is outweighed by his love for going to church with his family on Sunday mornings. He's a true inspiration for all of us here on the tour. Although, if he's knocked out of the tournament today, the real tragedy won't be that another Sunday will go by without Joe McElvaney advancing to the final round on Sunday. No, the real tragedy is that another Sunday will go by without him inviting his best friend in the whole world to church. You know, you'd think, after all these years, that Joe would consider the fact that his buddy Steve may want to go to church to cleanse himself from his selfish, sinful heathenry. But enough about that. Joe's got a 12-footer to sink here. Do you want to go to church with us tomorrow? Yeah. Joe seems a bit distracted today. He really needs to make this putt, or he's gonna have to buy his pagan friend lunch. Miss it! Invite somebody to church. <laughs> is that easy? I want you to invite somebody to church. I want you to stand. I'm going to pray for you. What I want to pray for you is that you would have boldness. Some of you may be at a place, and it's not an embarrassing thing, and boldness to be able to pray for somebody, identify somebody, and invite somebody. But if you just want just a little, a little extra boldness, would you just lift your hands right now where you are? Those of you that are watching online, I want to pray for you as well. Just, I want boldness, God. I want to step out of my comfort zone. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone, and I'm going to do it, Lord. I'm going to invite them to church. And what's the worst they can say is no. Then you find somebody else. Would you like to? I'm just telling you. Is that, I mean, I'm going to hurt your feelings. Just go ahead and invite. So, Lord, right now, lift it high. I'm going to pray for boldness. Lord, I pray for the spirit of the righteous are as bold as a lion. I'm asking them, I'm asking you, Lord, that you would give them boldness to go out and reach the lost. Not only just, Lord, tell them their story, but invite them to come into a relationship with you. Invite people to come to church, Lord, in this next month so that they can come out of that darkness and into your marvelous light. I'm praying, Lord, that this house will be full of sinners and as they walk out, they'll be full of you, Jesus. That is our desire. That's my desire, and I believe it's your desire because it's your desire that none would perish. So I'm praying for boldness. Come upon them, the Spirit of God. You said you receive power, 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 Lord, and when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. Lord, Holy Spirit, come right now. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to come upon them right now in the name of Jesus. We just receive that. Receive the Spirit of God. Spirit of God, come upon them. Boldness in Jesus' name. Let's step outside their comfort zone. And I'm asking, Lord, for testimonies of people being saved during this time. Lord, all the things that are going on, I pray, Lord, that you pour back on a hundredfold of salvations, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.